I saw that and I just said, Akadish Barahu, hear us. Right, right, right. Yeah, very good. Okay, good morning, gentlemen. So, we are um, on Memvava Medbez 46b. We are um, two lines from the bottom, Omar Rava. Now we're one line from the bottom. Um, we're trying to figure out the second case of the Mishnah, where a, uh, a person was, a person's cow, uh, their bull was attacked by a pregnant cow, or they claim it was attacked by a pregnant cow. And um, now they want to sue. And um, uh, the problem is, the question is, the, the mother is only worth so much. It may not cover all the damages. So they also want to cover some of the damages from the child that was born. But we don't know if when the, the, the mother attacked, she was pregnant at that time. Because we don't know if the baby was born before the attack or after the attack, before the goring or after the goring. So there's this big doubt here. That's really the question. Uh, so the problem is the, um, uh, of what the case was. We weren't really sure of what this second case was. The, those are the words, uh, if you want to look back at the Mishnah on Memvava Medalif, the king parish and nuggets ashore, uh, the female cow gores the male bull, the nymphs of Lada Betsida, and there's a baby there also. But, and the male bull is killed, but we don't know, we don't know if the baby was born before the goring and then was part of the, uh, was included in the one you could sue, or if the, the baby, uh, well, uh, or if the baby was born before the goring or if the baby was born after the goring. So the Mishnah said you pay this half from the mother and the quarter from the baby. And we were confused by that. Um, the biggest challenge, or the most recent challenge we have in the Gemara is it sounds like you're getting three quarters because you're getting half from the mother and a quarter from the baby. Well, you only get half damages for a time. So why would it be three quarters? So that confused us. Uh, so, and then we had a more complex uh, explanation. It really doesn't mean three quarters. It means half of, of the... Uh, half of the half, and which is a quarter, and half of the quarter, which is an eighth, and you're getting three eighths. A very creative explanation. And so then we had Rava three lines up. He said, <laughs> Does it say that? It doesn't say a quarter and an eighth. It says a half and a quarter. Don't say a half means a quarter and a quarter means an eighth. It doesn't say that. So what's Rava's explanation? So that's what we're going to come up with now is a totally new explanation of the Mishnah. Ela Omar Rava at the bottom of the page. Uh, now, the, in order for the previous explanation to work, you were trying to sue two different people. We assume that sometimes people would buy the next cow that's born. They would buy the next baby so it was a different owner. And, you know, people love to sue more than one. You know, there's this insurance company, there's that, you know, like they, that's what the lawyers look for. Like, who can they, you know, who can they go after? Right? So the way we had until now was that there was more than one cow to sue. You would sue the mother and the one who owned the child. That was the previous explanation. So Rabba, he wants to push back on that. Really, it's the same owner. The mother and the child are owned by the same company. And this is what the Mishnah means to say. If you have the mother available, 
meaning that if you could catch the mother, uh, fine. So then, of course, you'll collect half damages. What the Mishnah meant, if for whatever reason this mother is out to pasture, uh, you just can't find her. So it's like the insurance, you know, it's like the lawyers. They go after whoever they can, uh, whoever they can sue, whoever they can get. So less of the par of Mishnah. Um, if you can't find the mother, as we turn to today's pay, Mishtam Ravi and Nezik Mivlad, then you can collect up to a quarter from the child. Uh, now, why is it that the child you can only collect a quarter? Because the mother for sure uh, did the, the mother for sure was the Tom. The mother everybody saw did the goring. The question is, was this child inside the mother when they did the goring? So it's a, it's a 50-50 thing. So uh, normally you get half, so since we're not sure, you have to half the half, and that's why you get the quarter. The reason that you can only get a quarter is because we don't know if the, mother, if the baby was the partner in crime. It sounds very funny to say it like that, but if the baby was inside the mother, but had we known for a fact that the mother was actually pregnant when she did the goring, then you would have been able to collect the whole half from the child. So the mission that said that you collect the quarter was talking about when you didn't collect from the mother. Our question before was, if you're collecting half from the mother, how do you get a quarter for the baby? You don't get three quarters. for a... So our answer is that you're not collecting um, three quarters. You collect the half if you're able to find the mother. If you can't find the mother, the mother's out to pasture, they, whatever happened. So then you, you try to get as much as you can from the child and you max out because since it's doubtful whether the child was part of the mother when she did the goring, so you, the most you can collect is uh, since it's, uh, we cut that in half, and that's why you get the quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was established that the, the blood was in the mother at the time of the goring. Mm-hmm. Then what? Then you could collect the whole half from the blood. Then we could collect the, uh, when the mother gets away. Um, no, either way. You, so we're collecting half from the blood and... No, you collect half. You, half damages oh. from either... They're owned by the same person, so whichever... Okay, so uh, we're really just talking about maximums here. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And and shop, we're talking about Hetzi you know, Correct. So that, they're, they're also assuming that the cow and the calf are the, are the same owner. Right, right, that's yeah, right. right. Yeah, Which uh, previously we had... An, a different... That caused the harm, you're able to sue and, and take it. In other words, it's a special halacha in Tom that you uh, that you're limited to damages from the entity that did the attack. And so this child, this this baby was part of that entity. You'd have to say something like that. It, it, it wasn't that it was evil or anything. It was a baby. It didn't have any choice in the matter. But the the liability, the the the, the getting your money back, you're limited to the entity that did the attack. Are you saying that, that the, the only reason the baby would even come into play is because the value of the cow itself that did the damage isn't enough to pay? 
Cassie Network? Well, I mean, in Cassie Network, we're talking about a Tom. All right, so that's from the from the goof. Yeah. And it just seems to right. me... Right, so yeah, I guess you're kind of assuming that we're just this nasty mother that went and gored, we're just going to punish and take her. But we're just looking at this person that's not whole. His animal was damaged, and so who can he sue? He can sue the one that did the attacking, and part of the one that did the attacking is this uh, is, is the baby that was inside. Yeah. Collateral yeah. damage. Collateral damage, yeah. My question is touching on what they're saying as well. It's about yesterday I'm trying to understand the hamamina mm -hmm. of the, the, the fetus having some role in this, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that maybe hormonally the oh, cow is different when it has that. the fetus inside and it, it digs it on a certain way or it acts a certain <laughs> way because of the fact that it has a fetus inside. I mean, that's the only thing I could possibly think of. And it, that's that's how maybe you could have some sort of culpability. But they they say you don't the, the the instinct that a mother has to protect her young, you know, that's probably adding to the. Uh, but okay. That's that would mean that the young was already born. Would it? Or even... That would mean it was already born if she's... Yeah. They, they are aggressive for protecting their, their calves. Uh -huh. Aha, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's outside. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Michael's just saying an interesting thing is that when that would... If you're blaming it on the mother because the child... that Usually that's after birth where she gets more uh, protective. Uh, right. But, uh, it's not a suffix. Yeah. But the Gemara has, is going to continue on with another interesting aspect of this subject. Rebel Rav is with his opinion, uh, that an animal that causes damage, you're, you're eligible to collect if needed from the child, my time of goofy, because that's part of the animal. Now, what happens if you have a chicken uh, uh, that attacks? You got this chicken that caused damage. So, uh, in that case, you can't collect the eggs. What do you mean? It should be the same halacha. It's the animal that has the baby inside. It has the eggs inside. Uh, and, you know, over here, there's how much, you know, if you have a lot of damage, how much is the chicken worth? So you're going to take the eggs too. So the Morris says, my time, but what's the reason? The eggs are pirshubi almahu. The eggs are considered like, um, it's not considered part of the, it's like something that's separated. It's like a rashi, davra hamufrishmi man. It's totally separate from the mother. As compared you know, to the Vlad. As compared to the Vlad, right? Uber Yerich Emo, correct. No, 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 no. That, that, that's true because the Vlad is, has an umbilical cord. These eggs, Goes when I gave a chicken... Placenta, huh? At least by humans. And, yeah, but, uh, and, yeah, it's connected on it. But when I've donated a, some chickens for them to shack, they saw four chickens, uh, four eggs, or five eggs in the chicken. All the way from one that was about to pop out all the way to these little bitty things. It's, it's like... Um, uh -huh. It's like um, something that the, that the body itself produces and then it pops out of the body. It's not like um, a connection, I think. Maybe that's, I don't know. Very, I, I'm very happy with that because I didn't really have a swara, though. He's, <laughs> he's saying that the, 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 the difference is that a baby is connected through the umbilical cord, so it's really part of the mother. Uh, whereas the eggs are really, once they're made, they're no longer, they're just, they're just, they're popping out, they're popping out right? They're not as connected to mm -hmm. the... Uh, to the mother. Okay, fine. Um, the Omer Rav, another teaching of Rav. Now, let's go back to the, the Beisdin that has to determine the damages in the case where they killed the mother. So let's say you knew for a fact that they killed the mother and that the mother was pregnant. 
So how 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 what kind of how do we figure out how much damages the gorer has to pay? So you don't estimate the mother by itself and estimate the baby by itself and then give him a bill for two separate things. You kill the mother and you kill the baby. We don't do that. We, we, we make him pay for the value of a pregnant cow, which is what it called. Because if you're going to do it that way, where you, you make them pay separate for the mother and the baby, you're going to be take, you're causing him a loss. That's an expensive way to figure it out. And a similar thing you find, somebody caused your servant's hand to be cut off. He put your servant doing dangerous work, and he got his hand cut off. Uh, so if you were to um, estimate the value um, of, the, um, of the hand, how much would a person be willing uh, to pay to cut off the hand of his servant? Uh, nobody would cut off the hand of the servant. If you would ask how much less is the value of a one-handed servant than a two-handed servant, then it, there's different ways to value things. Let's look at Rashi. Uh, you don't do the hand separate. Say, how much is a hand? How much would a person charge to cut off a person, his servant's hand? If you see a whole servant sitting in front of you, you're not going to let someone cut off his hand unless they really pay you big bucks. How much is he worth now as a one-handed servant? How much was he worth before? There's different ways to estimate the damages. You don't estimate how much, uh, would, uh, you have ta- how much would we have had to pay you to let you cut off the hand. Somebody wouldn't have taken any money to let us, you know. So here also, like the, um, we don't look at it separate. We just, uh, we say how much is the value of a pregnant, one, a pregnant cow. As we don't, we don't do it separate. If somebody damages your field, so if you, you could look at the damage separate, how much produce did it destroy, and how much is the field worth less? That'd be more expensive than just saying how much would you have paid for the field before, and how much would you pay for the field now? Let's look at Rashi quickly. Somebody cut off your saplings. Or ate aruga achas, a whole row in your garden. You don't, you don't weigh all that produce. That's going to cost you a fortune if you try to value that produce or that. You look at the row of, of the farm, how much it was worth before the animal damaged. How much would it, it would be worth now? There, there's, there's two different ways to assess. There's assessing it totally separate or assessing it in the context of the loss. And one more. Uh, yeah. I was, I was hearing that Rashi is saying that we don't assess. One way is to assess the particular row. The other is to assess the entire area with that row mm-hmm. as compared to absent. Okay, that's correct, yeah. Um, thank you. There. So we really have like three examples of this. We've got the, the, the mother and the baby. When instead we value the, the pregnant, the mother, we, we do it as one. The servant in the hand and the, uh, and the farm and the produce. Those are the three examples. So he says, I don't understand what you're saying. 
listen, if we're throwing the book at the guy, so what do we care, Lekush Mazik, if we're giving him the more uh, expensive way to come up with the value? So <laughs> the guy should have watched his ox. So who cares if it's going to be more expensive for him to pay the value of a baby and the value of a mother? Um, the Gemara answers, the reason is because he could say, I damaged a pregnant cow, so I should pay for a pregnant cow. So, okay, so that's the reason. In other words, it's really a more fair. The, the damage is looked at at the time of the damage. It damaged a pregnant cow. You know, the, there's no reason to say it damaged uh, uh, the value of a mother and the damaged the value of a child. No, it damaged the mother and the child together, which for whatever reason, uh, it, it costs, it's less damage uh, if you pay for a pregnant cow than it is to pay for a cow and to pay for a child. So, okay, next question. Pshita, it's simple, paradachad and vladachad, if the mother and the child were owned by the same owner, pitma labal para. The, um, the, the animal was pregnant. The, a, a pregnant animal is worth more than a non-pregnant animal. Uh, why? Because it has pitma. Uh, it's the same word as fat, by the way. Mefatim is fatten up. Fatten. Fetum. Pitum is mefat is to they feed the. So you're going to get more meat on that cow. So it's obvious that that after the animal is miscarried, it's not as fat. It loses a lot of weight. And so <laughs> this was a nice big fat cow that would have brought a lot of big bucks at the slaughterhouse. Now that the ox has been gored, it's much skinnier. So that's going to go to that, that, that uh, devaluation has to be included in the, in the loss. But the question is, nafkamai. What about the fact uh, the, uh, the animal was stretched out? It had a fatter, uh, the, one has to do with the weight and one has to do with the size. So uh, now the size, uh, the question is when the baby's owned by somebody else. So who, the fact that the mother looked much bigger and would have brought more money because it, it had this greater size to it, does that go to the mother or does the owner of the mother or does that go to the owner of the baby? So Rapapa said, they split it. And the halacha is they split it. Now, uh, some people learned uh, uh, that it has to do with the fact that the hide gets more stretched when the mother it brings, it's like, it's a better hide. It's a much bigger, wider hide. But that's the question about, I, I guess the, the, what you're wondering, one has to do with weight and one has to do with being stretched out. I don't know, the, the, I don't know what the art scroll, what it, it does with the two, uh, the two losses there, um, the two values. Um, Rashi, does, Rashi goes into the fitma, he says the fat, and whereas nafka is like the swollenness of the, the bigger size. Apparently people want a big, They'll pay more for a big cow. Is that what, is that what it says? Or? Okay. So one is the weight, and the other is this more robustness. It looks, uh, it just brings a... Uh, more surface area yeah. of the oxes, they, they sleeve them. They, they go inside the cow and they establish 
first, second, or third trimester. Oh, really? Wow. Mark that. The third trimester gets a lot more money than the second trimester. How interesting. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I never really thought about the stretching of the skin. Recently. Yeah. It is interesting. Okay, new Mishnah. Uh, a person who sells earthenware vessels. Uh, he's a, a potter, Harry Potter, right? And he's traveling, and um, he, he wants to take a break. And so he puts his pots on, in a private property where he thinks they're relatively safe rather than leaving them in Rishus Rabim. Uh, uh, but he didn't ask the owner. And guess what happens? So the owner's animal then steps on these, breaks these pots. So he says, what do you, you should owe me? You broke my pot. The guy said, you wouldn't have permission to be there, potter. The owner doesn't have to pay because he never gave him permission to put his pots there. Uh, what happens if the guy's animals get hurt stepping on his earthenware vessels? Not only did, did the guy, the, the owner is not liable for those vessels, if the owner's animals got hurt, then I, you had no permission to put your, the, the pots on the other guy's field. Okay, so that's case number one, whereas the guy put his pots on somebody else's property without permission. So there's no liability for the pots, and the, if the pots do harm to, that guy, to the owner of the property, then he has a right to sue. Next. Uh-huh. Just a definitional question. When we're talking about a chutzer right now, are we talking about the chutzer like, you know, like in Shabbos, we talk about a chutzer where several families share a property and there's a chutzer together, or if this is just a one-person uh, property? Because if it's a chutzer like in the Shabbos concept, you could have permission from one person, but no, not permission from the other people. Um, so I'm just trying to imagine what kind of chutzer we're talking about. I just assumed it was one person because it just said chutzer balabais. Mm. Um, you're correct. When it says chutzer, in, in the plain chutzer might be of multiple peoples, but I just thought over here it's one. So far, it's only mentioning one, as far as I can tell. Uh, now, so the first case was he had he didn't ask permission to put his pots on the private property. The im hiknis brushus. On the other hand, if he had permission, and then the guy says, sure, you could put him here. And then the guy's animal smashes them. So uh, Balabai is chayv. He's going to have to pay for that. He told them you can keep him here. They'll be safe. Hickness, next case. Hickness, Peiroso, Lechatzer, Balabai. The person didn't have pots. In this case, the person had some produce. Produce is called Peiroso of the fruits. I, we've had this before. It, it, it took me a long time. I always used to think, oh, it means fruit, you know, but it means anything that grows is called peirosa. Um, so you, you, put, you put your, uh, your produce in your neighbor's, uh, and you didn't ask him. In other words, you're in Rishus Arabim, you got these stalks of wheat, and you deposit them on your neighbor's yard, Shalob Rishus. Uh, and what happens? They get eaten up by his animal. So Potter, he doesn't have to pay. You, you, know, he, you never asked him to put it there. The im huskubehem. What happens if your animal, the owner gets animals get sick because you left his food there? So balapay ruschayev. The owner who put the fruits there is liable. The im hiknis brushus. On the other hand, if he had permission to store his food there, balachatzuchayev. Then the owner of the courtyard. Should, but I told you you could keep him there, meaning they'll be safe with me. Okay. Next case. Hiknis shor lechatzer balabay shelo brushus. Somebody uh, has an ox. 
and they they want to move it out of the public area, and they put it on a private property without permission. Shalobushus. Venoko, and what happens? And it gets gored by the axe of the Balabais. It doesn't appreciate uh, the company. You know, they, they uh, so, or the guy's dog bit it. Potter. It's not, you know, the guy said, what, what do you mean? I, I, I put it on your property and it got damaged. Well, you, you better ask permission to put it on my property. It's not my, I don't have liability if your stuff that was Shalobushus got damaged. Now, what about Nagaku Shor Shobalabais? You put your ox and your ox without permission in your neighbor's, uh, in somebody's yard, and then it gored their animal. Uh, so then you're chayv. Okay, next case. Now, you put it in your, um, uh, in your neighbor's yard without permission, and it falls into the guy's pit. Nafalabor Vehivish Maimov. And you don't want to drink that water after this. Uh, the animal falls into the pit and dies in it, right? So, Chayev, uh, then uh, you, the one who did it without permission is responsible. Uh, let's say his father or his son was inside the pit and then the animal fell on him. Mishal Mesakofer, uh, he's going to end up paying for the loss of life because you, you had no permission to leave your animal there. Um, one that would have to say why it had to be the father and the son couldn't it have been really anybody. It's just, it's telling you that when you put something without permission, you have extreme liability. Now, on the other hand, if you had permission to bring it in and it fell in the pit, he should have told you there's a, oh, I'll let you put it here, but by the way, you know, there's this big pit over here. So, Rabbi Yomar, even, uh, the, going back on the question where you have permission, does permission mean that he takes responsibility or he just says, you could put it there, but uh, uh, I, I, I don't take any responsibility. He didn't say that. So the question is, uh, that you, you're on the public road and you want to put your stuff on private property and you ask him and he says yes. So does yes mean I can put it there and I agree that if any damage is had, I take liability? Or no, Rebbe says he has to tell you that, yes, and I'll keep an eye on it. If he doesn't say, I'll keep an eye on it, and then something happens once it's there, he has no liability. Without even uh, explaining any sort of hazard? Correct. Huh. Oh, you forgot to tell me about that hole at your property here. The, you, you, get, you asked me, can I put my stuff there? I'm, I have no problem, but I, I don't take any responsibility. So the question is, do you need to say those words, um, I take responsibility? So he says, if he didn't say, I take responsibility, so you want to put your stuff in my yard, you better scout it out first. Make sure there's no dangerous dogs over there, that there's no... It, it's really kind of voluntary. You're being nice to let him store his stuff there. Do you also have to keep an eye out for him? I think what you're asking is, what if you have an obvious damage? You know, at least you could have told me about the hole. Uh, I, that's a little different. Here, the question is, does, if, do, do I have to now watch that my ox doesn't gore his animal? That, that seems to be the question. Okay, let's see the question. It's, it's, yes. it's really begging the obvious question that we've had so many times. Why do we have like five or six cases? Yes, absolutely correct. Like Rebbe sums yes. it up at the bottom line with Rebbe's statement. Easily sum it up with, you know, Zakla with no permission, this, yes, yeah. permission, that. Right, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah that, I, go, that. I go one step further and say there's hardly a Kiddush on any of these things. That's what Richard is asking, right, okay. 
sorry. Right. Well, you're going to step, you're saying that it doesn't need to list them at all. It's yeah, right. like, uh, <laughs> it should be obvious. You know, a guy puts it without permission. Uh, I have no liability. Um, the, the second half seems to be more of a question. When I give permission, do I mean, yes, you could put it there and I'm going to keep an eye out for it or do it at your own? Does permission mean do it at your own uh, own risk? Uh, but uh, that, that's that's really a side question. What does a person mean? Okay, so let's see the Gemara. Time of the Shalom The whole problem is you didn't have permission. Uh, but if you had permission, and then the guy's animal animals, the owners of the property's animals uh, got damaged by the pots. Then uh, the uh, had he had permission. The guy who owns the pots wouldn't have to pay for the damages to the animals of the guy who owns the courtyard. Wouldn't you have said, if the guy was nice enough to give me permission, that I would have made sure that I don't cause him harm? Now we're looking at, 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 the, at the, the, the Harry Potter when he brings his pots and puts them in the guy's yard. Um, all right. So I put them there, and then that I put them in the way of that guy's animal. And that guy animal got hurt on my pots. So wouldn't uh, Mr. Potter have to take responsibility for that? Um, do we say that or not? Does the, when the person puts his property there, I understand, before we just finish the opposite question, when I give him permission, am I watching his animals? But... Now we're asking on the guy that puts the pots there, is he watching that his pots don't cause harm to that guy's animals? The, the, does the backside, does the guy have to watch or not? So uh, who is this uh, money rebbe? As long as you didn't say anything, you accept it. We don't assume any liability. That's the way he wants to say But Amos Sefer. But then if you look at the second part of the Mishnah, if he gave you permission, we assume liability. That's like the rabbinic. When you say come in, that means I accept liability. So we're confused. Does allowing, giving permission mean you accept liability or not? So, So, uh, Rebbe says clearly that you have to say I accept liability. The, the Mishnah, I mean, there's one opinion says that no liability unless you uh, verbally declare I accept liability. And the other opinion says there is liability. So how could the same Mishnah follow two different opinions? So Amarav Zeirah says you're right. Tavra, it's broken. You have to break up the Mishnah, Misha Shanazu, Lo Shanazu. The Mishnah were various cases from different people, and there were different opinions about whether you accept liability or not. But you're right, it's too, and this, we're reluctant to give this answer because it'd be all nice if the whole Mishnah was learned by the same author. But he's saying, no, Tavra, break it up. Misha Shanazu, Lo Shanazu, it's two different authors. One author said, uh, you, um, you only have liability if you say so. And the other author said, no, you automatically have liability. Rav says now, Rikula Rabbanan. Um, really, we go like the Rabbanan. Ubershus Shmiris Kaderis Kibo Lav Balachatzer. And the, when you uh, agree to watch the, he can put his pots there. When you give permission, Shmiris Kaderis, even if you didn't say it, it's understood that they'll be safe here. So I'm agreeing that Kibo Lav Afilu Nishbar Even if there's a big wind, 
So then I'm going to bring them in, uh, you know, bring them into the house or do something. You know, I told you that you can keep them here, so that means that they'll be safe here. I'm not telling you can keep them here so they can get stepped on. It's a little bit different with the animal. See, an animal requires work to watch it that it doesn't go and attack. The guy was asking, can I, uh, can I keep them there? Are they safe here? And you said yes. So that means that I, 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 um, I'm going to take responsibility a little bit. Yeah, but this last part is a big Right. Even further than what Rebbe is saying. In other words, he's saying, "Okay, I'll make sure that uh, no, nobody steps on your on your pot." But over here, this it's, it's like he's a showman now. Right? Yes. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see the Rashi. Yeah, even Which it breaks. Which showman in. would that be? That's a good question. I guess it's Shomachinim. Like. He's not, he's not renting. No, correct. He just, can I keep them here? But the Shomachinim also has some responsibility. So. Yes, yeah. yeah, so let's see. Rafi Komar. Bring him in and I'll watch him. But the owner of the pots doesn't accept any responsibility if, they, if the, guy, the animals get damaged on them. Okay. Uh, next case. This is a case where he brings the food in. And a uh, guy has animals, not a good idea to leave food lying around the, uh, around the place. So, the, how, what happened here? The, the animals, they, they slipped on this food. Uh, they stepped on it and they slipped on it. And that's the damages. But if they ate it and they got harmed, putter. Why? My time, who told your animals to eat my food? So again, so the question was if he put his food there and then the owner of the property's animals ate the food and had and died or something. So does the owner of the food have to pay? Not only did he lose his food, but he's got to pay that it damaged the guy's animals that ate it. So he says that if they slipped on the food, okay, so I, I'll take responsibility for that. But if they ate the food, who, who, nobody, I didn't force them to eat it, that I should accept liability that if they eat my food and they have a bad reaction, that shouldn't be my fault. But even slipping on it is clumsy. Sorry. Right, right. You know, but that's, that, that's like a board, no? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, he did it shoes. But the question is, does eating already... So, uh, so, granted, I won't have to pay that it ate them, but that I should have to pay that your animals didn't, you had a bad reaction from eating my food, but who told them to eat it? So, uh, but the Gemara has a question on this. He said, Rav must have said this when he was sleeping. Uh, instead of the, you could look at that in two different ways. <laughs> you could look at that as an insult or as a compliment. Rav never would have said something that didn't make sense. So it must be that that was... Sometimes they had a reader in the base medrash, and the the um, if you go to Israel, you'll understand this. They have there are people that are actively teaching that are a hundred years old, ninety five years old. They they had one of the gedolim that just passed away uh, recently was teaching into the hundreds. You know, every day, teenager. You know, teaching kids. You know, like so. But even if that, even with that, sometimes people when they're that age, they doze in and out. So he meant, like when Rob was teaching this, so maybe that part he was sleeping, he was dozing when they said it. Uh, but uh, but at any rate, Rav Omar Tanya. How do we know there's a question on this? A person puts uh, poison in front of his, uh, deathly poison. This is like, you know, stuff that's, uh, that could kill his animals in front of his, his neighbor's animals. 
potter midine anum v'chayi midine shemayim. You can't, uh, you can't sue. I didn't. His animals didn't have to eat it, but in the heavens, you're responsible. Um, they had uh, at the aquarium. They had like uh, cost them like half a million dollars to bring this. Uh, what was it? The whale shark or something? Yeah. And the guy that cleaned the tank used a chemical, like the the janitor who gets paid, you know, minimum wage, used a cheap chemical to clean the uh, the inside of the tank. And this, the whale shark died from it, you know, like, uh, I don't know what kind of insurance he had, but, you know, that was Samamovas, that was, you know, it did, you know, he, you know, he said, oh, Windex works real well on this, you know, the tank or whatever, but it didn't agree with the whale shark from the, uh, the Pacific or wherever they brought it, you know, transport that thing, uh, I never heard what happened to the, uh, I'm sure he was fired, that I'm sure, but, uh, um, uh, but it, I, probably no one told them not to use the Windex on the inside of the. Uh, uh, they were trying to figure out, you know, what what happened to this animal, you know, this whale shark. Why did it look pale and it got sick? And but at any rate, so uh, but Dina Shemayin, if he knew it was poison and, and the animal died, he's chayv. Sama mavasu akla. He's responsible because you don't leave poison lying around. Abu Paris, but if you leave. Food, you know they're going to get eaten up. That's reasonable that you should have known they're going to be eaten. And if, if particular animals are going to eat them, you're responsible. But according to this, this seems to say that you don't have to pay because you should. You, who said his animals would eat your food? That, this seems to take away your liability because it's one thing if they trip on it, they fall on it, but but because they ate it, I should have to pay for their digestion problems? Who said they should eat it? And we don't say that over here by the poison. So Amri, who, who had din a filu peyers nami patamididiyanum. Really, you'd be exempt. The filu samamavas, even if it's poisoned, there's no reason for him to eat it. But you still have, in the heavens, they hold you responsible. Or, even poison is something that could be eaten by parzisa, the hainu peri. It's a certain kind of uh, rashi of parzisa. Asev, it's a grass, a vidi mechel, that's normal for them to eat, vusama mavis lebehema. But uh, certain grass, even for an ant, even though it, it looks like the food, it's a, um, you give them the wrong food, you really, uh, it, it could cause a lot of harm. Didn't Michael, you say once that, you, that somebody fed the animals the wrong thing? Yeah, they can get out. I lost two cows. Exactly right, Yes, this, this guy brought it into the guy's. Uh, he said, "Can I put my stuff, you know, the and the guy's animal later?" Mm. Your neighbor has a grinder, uh, the big millstones, and uh, you figured they wouldn't. Uh, they, uh, they, they there was nobody nearby to ask. You know, people had these big farms, and nobody nearby. You figure they wouldn't mind. So the woman goes next door. And she brings her wheat to her neighbor without permission, uh, and she's going to use the millstones over there. And the wheat gets eaten up 
by the neighbor's animal. Partner, it's, she didn't have permission to put it there. And if they, the animals get harmed, they're, they're damaged. Well, why don't we say over there that uh, why do I have to pay when they eat my food? Granted, I had no permission to put it there, but who told them to eat it? So that, that's really what the Gemara is trying to flush out here is how far does that Sephora go? I, I understand that if a person has something that somebody could trip on or something that's mm-hmm. in the way, but the, the, if they happen to eat my thing, I have to worry that that might cause... Uh, who told them to eat it? That's that, that resort that's would, too. Probably we're back to that owner's liability. Correct, issue. correct. That's that's, that's the question. Yeah, that's what we're trying. So the more said, so, is that any different than the Mishnah? Do it could be that the that they tripped on it, the Karile. So the Gemara said, but we asked it as a question. My Karile, why did we ask it? The the Mishnah, the reason that it was easy to say that it didn't just eat it, it slipped on it, because it says, Im it, it clearly said um, it used the word if it was damaged, which implied that it could have tripped on it. Uh, but here it didn't say, It doesn't say damaged in it. it dam- the word behen implied that it tripped on it, slipped on it. But behen implied maybe you could interpret it sounds like you ate it, Victani. So the Edek, and he's going to say, no, even the word behen doesn't, not so clear. So, so what we're saying is, is that when somebody brings something onto your property without permission and that and, and ends up harming you, so there's no question that there's liability there. The question is, is there a difference when your animal slipped on it or they ate it? And then the damage came about because they ate it. Is Can he say, well, who told you to eat? I can't say to you who told your animals to trip because... I, I left it on the on in the on, on there, but I could say it's not my fault that your animals ate it. So our question was, do we have a proof from this case? Because it didn't sound like he ate it. And the Gemara said, no, maybe he did eat it. So Tashma, we need to know um, how do we hold on this issue when they eat it and get sick? Do you have liability? You bring in your ox, and it eats uh, the guy's wheat, vehitris. And it gets diarrhea, and it dies. I don't know why we need to know the details. Rashi even tells us the French word for hitris. Whatever that is. Okay. Uh, maybe. But if he gave you permission, and then your animal ate that food, then he has to be li- he's liable because he said you could come in, not telling you, that uh, you can come in, but if your animals eat anything, they're going to get sick and die. But why can't he say, it's not my fault, it shouldn't be his fault that my animals ate? So it doesn't that prove that we don't worry about that? Don't ask where you gave permission to the case where you didn't give permission. When you say, come in, even if it chokes. I, I give you permission means, I'm telling you there's no poison here. But when you come in without permission, um, maybe you're liable if my animal eats your thing. And you can't say to me, my animal shouldn't have eaten it. That's really the question. It ends up being we don't fully solve that issue. This issue of, of uh, uh, if, if, the guy's an- if the owner's animal ate the food and then got sick, does the one who put it there have liability? Or can he say, who told them to eat it? Okay, next question. Oh, um, 
you know, let's stop here. I'm sorry, I realized it was getting late. Okay, have a great day, everybody.